0: Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smith's, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com. Season 13, Episode 2, Uh, The topic today is drugs you thought you knew. You know, every time I'm asked about the purpose of detox and why it's essential, I respond by saying that detox is often the first step on the road to recovery and that it's important to know what types of substances clients have been using. There are two aspects to this step. One is self-reporting and the other is validation via a drug screen. It is vital that we know as much as possible about a client's pattern of use and abuse in order order for us to customize their detox program. We use the term polysubstance addiction, which refers to a client who is abusing more than two substances at a time. It is not at all unusual, for example, for some clients to name alcohol as their drug of choice while also admitting to the use of marijuana and cocaine. The urine screen is a more objective metric than a self-reporting, however. It may reveal the use of some substances that the client may not have disclosed at the time of admission. The key thing to remember is that we are here to help the client recover with compassionate care and understanding, not to catch the client in a dishonesty, because that's not the point. We just want to make sure our client is getting the medications that help him withdraw more comfortably and we watch for signs of trouble and withdrawal. Since detox takes place in a hospital setting where a client is under professional medical supervision, there is little, if any, reason to worry for on, on the part of the family. What follows is a list and short descriptions of many substances that you probably have heard of. There's another list of substances that you probably haven't heard of as well. That, is, that list is just as scary as the first one, and it's called The Drugs You Probably Don't Know. The lists were compiled by the NIDA, National Institute for Drug Abuse, part of the Centers for Disease Control, a U.S. government agency, which is the last word on the numbers. Every time I do look at these numbers, I shake my head and wonder where we are heading as a society. Can we find a way to avoid the heartache of a mom who has just lost her boy to a fentanyl overdose? Can we find a way to close the loopholes that allow fentanyl to come in through the mail? How about tripling the funding for treatment as opposed to spending billions on privately run new prisons? And how about increasing the percentage of medical school training about addiction from 25% at best, at present, to 100%? I happen to think that the current trend of legalizing marijuana or not, state by state, is a terrible idea. Because you either make it legal equally or you decriminalize it across the board. Now you have kids busted in a no state while transporting pot from a yes state. Doesn't make any sense. If you want to know more about the state of drug and alcohol abuse and what's being done about it, visit our friends at at the shatterproof.org website. Back to our list of substances you think you know. Let's start with the first item of abuse, which happens to be our friend alcohol. Technically, Alcohol is a central nervous system depressant substance and is most, the most widely used and deadly substance as measured by the number of deaths and injuries its abuse causes. It also happens to be one of the most dangerous substances from which to withdraw as a cold turkey withdrawal can cause seizures, deliria tremens, and even death in some cases unless a medication is used to control the seizures. I can share from my own personal experience that the staff at the treatment center that I chose to enter, which was housed within a psychiatric hospital, watched me closely for the first 48 hours after my admission for chronic alcoholism and gave me Librium to calm me down. They knew the dangers of alcohol abuse and withdrawal. Blood tests revealed minor damage to my liver, and to my red blood cells. I wasn't eating properly and used alcohol in the form of beer to get the carbs I needed. Now that's good thinking. Cocaine is the exact opposite of alcohol. It is a powerful stimulant in widespread use and is responsible for a significant portion of emergency room visits. It's snorted, injected, or smoked and is highly addictive due to its quote, exquisitely reinforcing pleasurable effects. A cocaine high can last for many days and nights. And when you come down, you feel like you need to visit the emergency room because you believe you're going to die. That's what I did. That's how I felt every time I snorted the white stuff. And that's why I stopped snorting it and decided it was going to be strictly alcohol and marijuana from now on. Good thinking there, too. Coke's street cousin crack cocaine is a freebase form of cocaine. Smoking the rock-like substance elicits a rapid-onset intense high and is considered even more addictive than cocaine. Crack cocaine was known to destroy human personality faster than any drug up to that point. The old saying was, get addicted to crack and you will sell everything, including your soul, to get that kind of high. Crystal meth is one of the street names for methamphetamine. It is a powerful central nervous system stimulant that can last 6 to 12 hours depending on how it's used. Common street names are speed, ice, crank, meth, and crystal. It's all the same, and it's all bad. How bad is it, you ask? Glad you asked that. Well, long-term use causes severe anxiety, anxiety, which doesn't go away, by the way. It's not. It doesn't come and go. It's just you're in a constant state of severe anxiety. I know a couple of meth addicts who have since recovered. Severe anxiety, paranoia, oh yeah, insomnia, and even psychosis. Thoughts of suicide and even homicide are not unusual. Users don't eat or sleep properly since they're often up for a long periods. Severe mood swings, convulsions, and unpredictable violent behavior are not uncommon. By the way, it's one of the most powerful stimulants in the world. I would put meth on the top of the worst drugs on the planet. We'll get to another bad one in a moment. Diazepam, you've heard about, is used to treat spasms, anxiety disorders, and seizures. But it is also useful in treating alcoholics during withdrawal from alcohol, but it can be abused to get a very mellow high. Don't know that I've tried it, but it looked interesting to me at one point. Ecstasy. This is a street name for MDMA. They're the same thing. It is a synthetic psychoactive drug that induces feelings of euphoria, increased energy, and emotional warmth in the user. There is no other use for it other than as a party drug and a potential date rape drug. Fentanyl is the other drug that I would put at the top of the worst drugs list. The crack cocaine epidemic has been replaced by an explosion of fentanyl, which is up to 100 times more powerful than heroin, the drug that many addicts migrate from. Fentanyl is the driver behind the record 107,000 overdose deaths in the U.S. in 2021 alone. It's cheap, easy to distribute. Millions of doses are sent from China to the U.S. and other countries by mail. It's a synthetic opioid that boosts the effect of any number of illicit, other illicit drugs without the user's knowledge often. As far as I can see, the worst part of the fentanyl epidemic is yet to materialize. Now, hash was once my favorite way to get really high really fast, but that was 30 years ago, and I haven't touched it or any other mind-altering substance since 1993, thank God. Hash, or hashish, is a concentrated form of marijuana and its THC levels are much higher than the marijuana from which it is derived. But today's marijuana, let's talk about marijuana, today's marijuana variants are six times as powerful in the THC content per ounce as the stuff of 30 years ago. Because it's now legal in 30 and soon more and soon more states, despite federal law which prohibits its use, it's really difficult to call as to where it belongs. Perhaps, like alcohol, it will become almost universally available, but abused just as alcohol is, and in my opinion, just as dangerous in its own way. Uh, Take secondhand smoke, for example. Alcohol does not have that effect, but if you're smoking some strong dope in your car, and there are kids in the car, they're smoking that strong dope too. That's not good at all. Heroin was once considered one of the worst drugs in its addictive effect, but today it's tame stuff compared to crystal meth and mefentanil. Heroin, known to induce feelings of intense relaxation and euphoria, is an opioid derived from morphine, which is itself extracted from the opium poppy. Say goodbye to heroin and say hello to drugs that are far more deadly, cheaper, and easier to distribute. Fentanyl and its Cousins Hydrocodone is a powerful opioid painkiller that's abused by diverting it from mom's medicine cabinet, by theft from hospitals, and by forged prescriptions. It does a very nice job of killing post-op pain, and it also gives you a very nice high that lasts for several hours and isn't terrible to come down from. The downside is obvious. It's illegal to use it outside of prescribed intent, and you can get hooked on it within a few weeks of steady use. And then what? Oxycodone, Vicodin, and Oxycontin are similar in their effect, except that the latter, Oxycontin, was aggressively and falsely marketed as a non-addict, believe it or not, as a non-addictive answer to other painkillers by its makers, Purdue Pharma. The maker, Purdue Pharma, and its owners, the Sacklers, were held responsible for the damage caused by the Oxycontin in creating the opioid epidemic, or certainly spurring it forward, and they were made to pay a $6 billion settlement as a result. Take that. And this is just the news. Can't sue us for this. LSD, thylysergic acid, a once popular hallucinogenic, is still around and occasionally shows up at parties where many of the stimulants and hypnotics show up. This list includes ecstasy, cocaine, and Quaaludes, which come next on our list of drugs you think you know. Quaalude is a sedative-type hypnotic drug that stopped being produced in the U.S. and seems to show very little current demand. It was a party scene drug that became a Schedule I, highest level of illegal drug, really not making it worth the risk. Tramadol is a synthetic opioid painkiller that is not as strong as hydrocodone and has a less addictive profile, but it's abused nonetheless. That's why it's only a Schedule 4 drug, which means it's technically illegal, but not as dangerous as fentanyl, which is a Schedule 1 drug. Valium has been around for 50 years and is still used to treat anxiety, seizures, and muscle spasms. When abused, it is a powerful downer that can help one coming down from an alcohol or cocaine high, and it is one of the drugs used to manage acute alcohol withdrawal. Last in our drugs you know or think you know or thought you knew is Xanax, used to treat anxiety and panic disorder. It has become a popular addition to the menu of illegally acquired prescription drugs for those seeking to get high any way they can. So what have we learned about the drugs that you think you know or you might be familiar with? Number one, of the 19 drugs and substances just discussed, only alcohol and to some extent marijuana are up and up legal, with the exception of prescription drugs, which become illegal when diverted. Two, the vast majority of drugs that are used or abused are strictly made and taken to get high, period. There is no legal use for drugs like cocaine or meth or heroin. Three, many drugs get diverted and abused or not strictly illegal out of the gate, but they become illegal when they get diverted. But that makes these mostly opioid drugs easy to get and harder to control. Number four, fentanyl is in a class all by itself. It is actually used in hospital settings as a highly effective painkiller in post-ops situations. Its rapid spread is the result of its tremendous effect, 100 times more powerful than heroin, and its ease of distribution by the good old U.S. postal system. The fact is that it's also cheap, which allows dealers to mix it into other drugs, which then boosts their effect and also makes straight fentanyl the most popular street drug today. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.